0: Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a much deeper level. Each week we interview people in the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. Now, this episode is a great one, especially if you're an OE, Old Elizabethan, or if you have any connection at all to the school. Michelle Hazel is the Director of Development in School which means that she keeps in touch with all those people who used to be at the school, but now they've left. So she's about to explain firstly, how she got into fundraising and what her connection is with the school. She has a son there herself, but also what some of the events are for OEs and how you can stay in touch with the school if you choose to do so. And doing so is a good thing. Michelle is about to explain why so. That's all coming up in this episode. So come with me as we speak to the director of development. It's Michelle Hazel. Michelle, thank you for being here. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today?
1: Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Good. Well, it's funny that you say good to be here because actually I know that even though we're recording this online, that you're in, is is it called The Lodge right now?
1: It is called the Lodge at the moment, yes.
0: So just for the sake of people listening, just describe where you are, because I think anyone that knows anything at all about the school will know where this building is.
1: Yeah, so it's by the main gates to the school. So it's where people will drive in and see all of the steps leading up to the big blue doors. So I'm just at the bottom there. It's As you said, it's the Lodge. Um, and I'm. what I'm told is I'm actually in the Marshal's bedroom So, some people may be listening to this or remember days of the Marshall.
0: Okay. And so, just describe it then for people that are listening right now that maybe haven't been to the school before.
1: So, it's actually really quite an old building. It's quite, it's got some really treacherous stairs to get upstairs. And actually, every day I sort of walk up those, thinking today, the day that um, I'm going to go (laughs) flying down those. It's also really lovely. I'm really fortunate to have a really beautiful. Uh, window that looks onto the main looks onto the main road um so yeah it's it's nice and actually what is great I have a fantastic view from where I sit of the stairs and the main school entrance so i generally see people coming and going um and actually one lovely memory for me is when the year seven started in september and they all line up on the stairs and there was lots of chattering um and excitement as they have their picture taken so that was a that's a nice memory that i've taken from sitting here
0: fantastic well it sounds like a quirky building with a quirky staircase Okay, now, Michelle, you are the Director of Development there. But first of all, just tell us what a Director of Development actually is.
1: Okay, so what my job is, in essence, is I'm here to communicate and engage with the OEs, the old Elizabethans, our alumni, our community, which remain so important to the school. My job really is as a fundraiser. Uh, as well. So it's to ensure that I can enable the school to achieve its vision of becoming more accessible and providing bursary places, for example, would be the the thing that's most key at the moment.
0: Okay, right. And tell me, how did you get into this role?
1: Yeah, so um, with my son uh, taking a place here, I'd heard also a lot about the school over many years uh, from my husband who came here Uh, And in fact, was head boy in 1990. So when I first met him, you know, he's always been incredibly passionate about the school and would often talk to other people about the school, Um, you know, and people who were thinking of coming to the school would come, you know, friends of ours would come and talk to him about the school. Um, And this is before, you know, we were really, um, you know, thinking about sending our son here Uh, It was always an aspiration, I think. But the dream, you know, as the years went on, we realised actually really that was really important to us to send him here. So, But he got the place before I got the job. So, um, you know, it was was a commitment we were doing. And as I said, I think the door just opened at the right time for me. Um, And it's something that um, whilst I've not worked in a school before, I've raised money in the charitable sector over many years. So it made a lot of sense to me that... Yeah, the jigsaw came together ultimately for me.
0: And just tell us a little bit about your son. Which year is he in at the moment?
1: Yeah, he started started in year seven in September. So yeah, loving it so far so good
0: good good and what are some of the favorite things that he experiences about school not that we're talking about year seven or or your son but just for fun
1: I think he really enjoys the sport side of things he's really like he's really enjoying history and geography which has been a surprise to us if I'm honest but I think as they come into secondary school you know there's a much deeper understanding of many subjects that they have to take on board so it's been lovely to see him come home and say i really love history i really like my history teacher i'm really enjoying these things which is great to see so fingers crossed that level of enthusiasm stays. I'm sure, you know, there'll be moments when it doesn't, but so far it's been brilliant.
0: I'm I'm sure that it will stay. And and I'm sure as well that from his point of view, it must be quite fun having his mum around in school, but maybe in a a year or two, then, yeah, I was going to say that (laughs) (laughs) it's come already, has it? He he doesn't like it.
1: Um, In fact, Liz Davis gave me a really good piece of advice when I started here. You know, you just don't even get eye contact, really. And I and I actually on the second day of, of him being here, I saw him in the lunch hall and uh, said hello. And under his breath, he looked up and he said, go away. And that's the last time that I, <laughs> the, the first and the last time now. Um, so I, I run this really, this rule that actually, if he wants me, he knows where I am. But, you know, I'm not here for that. So, and he does, and he doesn't need me. And I guess because I'm not a teaching member of staff, It's it is slightly different really.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Okay. Well, let's see how that progresses then.
1: Indeed. Yes. Watch this space. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's bring it back to yourself then. You mentioned that you came from the charity sector. Mm. How did you get into that in the first place?
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, it was accidental again, I think. Before the charitable sector, I was working in marketing and I'd spent a number of years. Marketing uh, in snooker, governing body of snooker, and also then following that working for Jack Daniels and um, spending some time, uh, yeah, learning, learning my craft, really. And um, I got to the point where I looked above me and I thought, actually, I don't want to do what my boss is doing. Uh, I want something that I feel a bit prouder of, something that I want to get up and I want to enjoy my work. I want to enjoy my day. So I knew that it was time for a career change because I felt like that. And then I did sort of lots of research trying to work out what, you know, what would be right for me. And it kept coming back to fundraising and I kept dismissing it thinking, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's not me. And yet um, the skills that you need matched to what sort of I kept matching what I had. And, I, and, and long story cut short, there was um, a program on television about the Prince's Trust and I remember watching it and what I loved about it was, was the fact it was working with young people and I just saw that as energetic and vibrant and fun. And what I decided to do was to contact the Prince's Trust and say, I'm interested in volunteering for a month in your fundraising team because I thought, okay, let's just try this out and see what it's about and that's that's how it all started and the next thing you know again a door opened at that time was in the right place and um that meant that i was employed by the prince's trust very quickly and um, then i went on to run their fundraising team and had a huge success um amazing time loads of different experiences and stories. Um and yeah, spent ten years of there. So I'm a great believer. Things happen for a reason.
0: What a great way to start your work for the Prince's Trust though. I mean, you know, because there you are stepping into a new a new role. I mean, not just a new organization that you're working for, but a but a complete change of direction. Because, you know, clearly the world of Jack Daniels and marketing for Jack Daniels is, is very different to fundraising for the likes of the Prince's Trust. Yeah. But very good to do it in a voluntary capacity for a month to start off with, knowing that it is no dead set that that it's going to lead anywhere, but actually a great way for you to understand whether or not that is something that you do want to do. So, So that's very good.
1: Yeah, I definitely, when I'm talking to people that are asking me about careers or having ideas, I always recommend, or they're looking to have a career break, a career change, always recommend looking at some volunteering because actually it's so rewarding and... You know, you're not necessarily doing it for you, but it's a great way you get so much from it, ultimately.
0: Okay, so I imagine that some of the people listening to this right now are also OEs. Yeah. Tell us about how OEs can keep in touch with school.
1: Okay, so um, there's lots of different ways that OEs can keep in touch. We do have a website where we're encouraging people to sign up as an OE member. Uh, and they can connect with us, they can connect with others, um, they can hear about events, they can get latest news stories. But additionally, what we are now doing since I've been in place, I've been enrolled five months, um, so I'm still very new, but one of the things that we have put in place is now that we're emailing our OE community, We have about five thousand people in that community and now we're regularly sort of every term sending out an an email to our community with stories from um, from the school so the last newsletter we had steve ryan um, who was a teacher here many people will remember steve and he now is coming back to do archives with us uh, on a regular basis so he's written a bit about the archives Mm -hmm. The head run master writes a bit um as well so yeah we're trying we're reaching out as well um but equally people phone up they email if they've got ideas they want to talk about things they want to get in touch with other classmates um or they want to sort of get more actively involved so all channels are open i hope
0: and how about returning to school? I mean, what opportunities are there for OE's to come back and just sort of have a nose around school and see how it's changed or see how it's not changed over the years?
1: Yep, increasingly. OK, so um, sometimes people contact us and say, can we come and have a tour? And we can organise individual tours for people. We also organise group tours. So we've done quite a bit where people come in uh, and we take a group of them around or they're having an anniversary uh and um we'll show the show them around so just please get in touch really that's my message on that
0: and how frequently do people come back i mean you know i I imagine that it's not the kind of thing that happens sort of every every morning Mm. but equally it's not the kind of thing that happens just once a year
1: it's sporadic i think i mean we do have um a number of events that we put on so we have a bristol dinner which happened in november last year so about 100 oes came to that uh, we did tours in the day so quite a few people came along um we also have a london event that um, people come to so i anticipate us doing more of those kind of uh, events where people can connect whether it's drinks whether it's dinners we also brought people up to Um, a rugby event that we had uh, last year and some people came to that and we had a bacon sandwich so there's all sorts of opportunities and I think there'll be increasingly more coming up this year watch this space get connected on our website and you'll be the first to hear
0: okay well we'll put a link to the website in the show notes but just for anyone listening right now who can't click on the show notes what is the website
1: it is qeh elizabethansociety.com
0: QEH Elizabethan Society Com. Indeed. Perfect. And tell me, Michelle, when people are being given a tour around the school, what's the area of the school grounds? What's the part of the school building that makes them go, oh, I remember this? Uh, the yard. The yard. Uh, I thought you might say that, yeah.
1: Absolutely, the yard. That's what... Well, actually, also I'd say the um, school room, because a lot of people might see their names on the school room, or if they don't see their name, they see someone else, someone else's names that they remember. Um, so they're the two places that really seem to spark the most memories. And and in the yard, people will tell me I remember playing cricket or playing rugby or a sport of some sort out there or just or some plain wrestling, I think, is might be the other uh, thing that people remember. But yes, that's what people want to see.
0: And these events that you run, like the event in London that you mentioned and, and the other events that you've done in the past, I imagine that the style of those may be changing over the next few years, given the fact that... Up until now, I imagine it's been entirely men or boys who were there beforehand. But, of course, now we're going to start seeing some of the girls who left sixth form.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, we did have a few girls that came to our Bristol dinner back in November. So that's brilliant. We're we're aware that um, we want more uh, ladies to come back. Uh, And actually going forward, there'll be something I hope that I can do just for the ladies But yes, very much so. would love to welcome more females back.
0: And for someone that's maybe never been along to one of these events at all, and they may be kind of almost feeling a bit apprehensive about coming along, Mm. because maybe they'll be bumping into people that they remember very well from school, but maybe they're thinking to themselves, well, actually, maybe I'll go along and, you know, there won't be anybody there that I know. Reassurance, could you give to someone who's thinking about coming along, but maybe hasn't been before? Yeah,
1: Okay. So... I think there's a couple of things really. you can you can contact us and talk about that. But um, what we try and do is is put people together that might know each other or are similar year groups. Um, so we do try and think about where we might sit people at a dinner, um or if it's drinks. Um you know, we've had events where people have brought friends that haven't come to the school. So that's actually quite common. So you can bring other people with you if that's if that's going to help you. but i I think, thinking back um, not everybody loves school you know I I didn't love school actually you know and I I appreciate but actually when I go back to my hometown and I go and see the school that I went to it just triggers so many memories and actually it's a really worthwhile experience so I do encourage people to come and see us you would be very welcome
0: that's good to hear. That really is. Michelle, tell us about the bursary campaign. What is that? What's it all about?
1: Okay, so I think some people may remember the time when uh, there was the direct grant scheme. And this was a scheme that was given by the government to allow people to come to the school that might not be able to afford the fees. So what that meant is actually in that time, we had very diverse classrooms. And actually having diversity As we know is uh, so rich so important to us all and actually to all our to actually all the children it's so it's part of life Um, so actually that that scheme ended and what we what we recognized is that it's so important that we continue to offer uh, accessibility to the school to people or families that would not benefit not normally be able to afford a bet to benefit from a QEH education so my job is to raise funds to support the bursary programme. And that will be to financially support families to come to the school. So this year, we supported 12% of pupils to come to the school on a bursary. I think annually, the school was spending about just under a million pounds a year to support people to come here. So yeah, that's that's what my job is. And my job is to raise more money to increase that and and to make the classroom a much more accessible place.
0: So how about then if someone's got absolutely the right attitude to this and, and they're really willing to help, but they're kind of thinking, well, it's not like I'm a hedge fund manager working in the city. You know, this is probably something that other people can help with, but, you know, the only thing I could offer is tiny and therefore slightly embarrassing and probably wouldn't make even a dent of a difference. What would you say to someone like that?
1: I say that, you know, lots of small things can make great changes so yes of course big gifts are amazing and transformational but actually we need lots of little gifts whether it's a pound a month or five pound a month it's really all of that adds up to make a big impact so um i encourage i totally encourage that
0: so people are able simply to contribute like a monthly fee something like that
1: absolutely yes Yeah, we have lots of people giving a monthly donation very much so.
0: And how about when it comes to legacies?
1: Yes, legacies are hugely important to us. Um, so actually, one, so as I said earlier, I've been here five months, and one of the things that I will be doing, hopefully before the end of the academic year, is to relaunch our legacy campaign. Uh, so there was a there was a club that used to exist called the 1586 Club. Uh, where people who pledged a legacy became a member. So that's one of the things I'm going to do is bring that bring that that club back to being active again. So legacies are are massive for the school, uh, really transformational for the school, uh, and 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 absolutely the, the, generally I I think across the sector contribute to about twenty five percent of income. Gosh. For development offices yeah
0: that's a significant number isn't it okay it's massive yeah. and then tell us about the next year what are some of the key priorities that you have
1: yeah so it's it's busy um so i think the key priority for me is legacies it will be um working towards uh, the implementation of a bursary campaign uh there will be some things coming up soon about anniversary years so what we're going to be doing is actively contacting people who have anniversaries they from from leaving the school so 5 10 15 20 25 and so on uh, well we're going to create clubs on our uh, OE website where we're going to, there'll be forums where people can come together and chat they can come to the Bristol dinner. Um, so we're going to be doing sort of really trying to engage with our with our community uh, and of course we'll be holding some f- events so we've got the Bristol dinner on the 11th of November. Uh, I've got some exciting ideas for to do some things in London. We'll no doubt do the rugby event where people can come along and see the rugby. Uh, so yeah, we're, there's lots of things that are going to be coming along.
0: So I guess getting on that email list is a, is a good mm-hmm. thing for people to do. And if anyone's got any questions regarding any of this at all, then how could they get in touch with you, Michelle?
1: Okay, so I would say probably the best way is by email to reach me. Uh, that's M Hazel two L's at qehbristol.co.uk.
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, just for anyone who's driving right now. Don't try and write this down if you're in a dangerous spot. You can refer to the show notes at a different time. (laughs) Michelle, I'm keeping an eye on time. We do need to bring this episode to a close, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here and explaining all about what a Director of Development actually does.
1: Good, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: So that was Michelle Hazel, Director of Development at school, encouraging all OEs to keep in touch. Don't forget that email address, mhazel, with two L's, mhazel at qehbristol.co.uk. Now, as always, our next episode is coming out soon. And I know that some of you listening to this right now have not subscribed or followed this podcast channel yet. So make sure that you do that because it means that you can stay in touch. And it means that when the next episode comes out, you'll be notified straight away. But that's it for this one. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.